Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. Folks, we're going to go to to a guest named Roger Robinson. What he's going to share, I'm going to submit to you that 99.9999% of you have never heard. I thought I was fairly savvy in the political realm, had my finger in kind of a lot of governmental issues, but the stuff he's going to share is stuff I knew not anything about. I'd never heard it before. A few of you may have, but most of us have not. And Roger, we're honored to have you on. I'm going to have Faith, uh, Faith McDonald, uh, actually Faith McDonald, do the uh, introduction because uh, she's the one that introduced me to you, Roger, and we're so honored to have you. And then once she introduces you, we're just going to turn you loose and teach us uh, about this situation we're, uh, we're dealing with and then show us what to do, how to respond to this, uh, this crisis we didn't even know existed. Faith, tell us about Roger Robinson. Thank you, Jim, and very happy to welcome Roger Robinson to the World Prayer Network Prayer Call tonight. Um, Roger's the chairman and co-founder of the Prague Security Studies Institute in the Czech Republic and the executive director of the Prague Security Studies Institute in Washington, D.C. He worked for President Reagan in international economic affairs um, and uh, helped bring down the Soviet Union, um, and now working to get down some other communists as well. So I I worked with Roger on issues regarding Sudan, and um, he's one of the most valuable assets that our nation has if people will open their eyes and open their ears and listen. So um, Roger, really glad you're here tonight. Thank you. Well, Thank you, Faith, and and, uh, thank all of you, really, for the opportunity to share some thoughts with you and some statistics as well uh, about a very perilous situation facing our country from the People's Republic of China. Now, you've heard a lot about China over the years and the different, the variety of threats that they pose to the United States. I specialize in the economic and financial portfolio and was chairman of the Congressional US-China Economic and Security Review Commission uh, for about a five-year period, where we produced both classified and unclassified reports uh, for members of Congress. And and I've been in the business for a long time. I mean, really looking at the way in which communist regimes fund themselves and their nefarious activities around the world for some 45 years now. So in that connection, uh, we are, I mean, as I said, when we look at China, there's a lot of attention paid to trade, justifiably, the tariffs and the like. There's a fair amount of attention paid to technology security as they're stealing us blind on intellectual property to the tune of trillions of dollars uh, and using our technology to improve their military uh, modernization program. And, uh, and we, we pay attention to currency imbalances uh, and other subjects. But one of the things that is the most uh, neglected to date, and yet I think arguably is the most important, uh, is the money. Now, when I talk about the money, <clears throat> I'm talking about the fact that over the past several years, U.S. Retail investors, average American investors, of which there's about 160 million of us, have unwittingly moved in terms of our investment and retirement dollars, about three to five trillion dollars into the coffers of the Chinese Communist Party. So we wonder how they seem to have that unlimited checking account to become a so-called peer competitor militarily. How did they come to challenge us directly? How how could they have the largest Navy in the world today and be such a predator around the world where they can buy not only countries and regions, but entire continents like Africa? So that's what we've equipped them to do. You know, 
the United States totally dominates the global financial domain on this planet. <clears throat> we have about 66% of the world's liquidity. Our dollar, of course, is the world's reserve currency. Our capital markets are roughly the size of the rest of the world's combined. This is not an area where we need allies. It's nice to have them, we don't need them. We are that dominant in terms of our possession of the money today. The US capital markets are, have about $60 trillion of funds under management, for example. <clears throat> so the problem comes that for decades, we never paid attention to which Chinese companies were entering the US capital markets. Uh, there was no screening, there was no diligence. You know, when we trade with China, we, at least we have something called the Committee on Foreign Investment, uh, CFIUS, the, the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States is the first title. But you know, what it's designed to do is designed to make sure that the Chinese can't buy high technology, militarily relevant companies in our country or trade with them for fear, of course, that it's just going to be a wholesale hemorrhaging of that military technology to the Chinese. And <clears throat> so we have a screen of some kind. It's not the best, but it, at least it's an effort to look at each transaction with a national security lens. This is terribly important. We, we had no such thing with the Chinese companies that have come into our markets and to issue stock and bonds, so-called securities, and raising huge sums of money, again, from average Americans who are put in these companies by Wall Street fund managers and asset managers. We, we have no idea what's in our mutual fund or our exchange traded fund, so-called passive investment vehicles. We probably don't even know what our stockbrokers are buying for us at an individual level of certain Chinese companies they might be investing in. But I can tell you, they're all controlled by the Chinese Communist Party, big surprise. They are all in a position where they can be weaponized by the Chinese Communist Party at will to conduct espionage, to engage in military activities, and most important, to advance the strategic agenda of China in the United States and around the world. This is a constant. There's no separation in China between the military, the security services, and their commercial activities. We separate those. They do not there. And this is the root of the problem. So what's happened? We've had a flood of companies into our markets that we're holding as average Americans that are actually sanctioned by the United States because of their egregious national security and human rights violations. When I talk about human rights, uh, let's talk about uh, equipping concentration camps with surveillance cameras that are every few meters atop the walls of those camps that are holding a million and a half to two million Uyghurs today. Uh, we're responsible for funding the surveillance state, this high-tech, you know, uh, blanket that is thrown on every dissident uh, to be picked up later uh, along the trail. The trafficking in slave labor, uh, aiding and abetting genocide itself, as declared by both the Trump administration as well as the Biden administration, that they concur on that there's a genocide going on. So that's just a few of the human rights violations. In the case of the military and security side, you know, it's those Chinese companies that are militarizing uh, their illegal islands in the South China Sea, uh, threatening our, our, our forces, our naval forces there. Uh, these are the same ones that are building hundreds more ICBMs targeting our families. I mean, the, here's the point. We're paying for that. Uh, tens of, I mean, scores of millions of unwitting American investors. And so if I had to put it in a sentence, I would say that this is the largest financial scandal in history. When you look at it in terms 
of a multi-trillion dollar underwriting by a democracy, namely ours, of a totalitarian police state, China, bent on our utter destruction, aided and abetted by greed-driven Wall Street firms and conflicted, if not outright corrupt, US government regulators, primarily at the Treasury Department, the SEC, and the National Economic Council, all of which are revolving door agencies of government with Wall Street executives. They're feathering nests. Not, they're not trying to protect the American investor. They're not defending our national security. And I can tell you that they don't spend any time thinking about our fundamental values from a human rights point of view. So this is the root of the problem. And even though today I'm gonna just talk very briefly about an example of what this has meant. Um, you know, in, in July of 2019, I discovered along the lines of what I've just told you that Chinese companies for the first time were being invited into the federal thrift savings plan. Now that's a $850 billion pension system of the federal government that has sitting and past federal employees and all of our uniform military, including the Joint Chiefs, our combatant commanders, you know, our regular forces, right? The special forces, everybody is in the TSP. Well, there was an effort by this small group of Wall Street executives called the Federal Retirement Thrift Investment Board. There are five of them. And they were deciding to put, to change an index. You know, they run, I mean, as I told you, sometimes funds are run just off of an index. There's a list of companies, they buy those companies, and that's it. Uh, this is what was happening with the International Fund of the Thrift Savings Plan. They switched indices to one that was replete with bad actor Chinese companies, including sanctioned ones. And they wanted to put those Chinese companies into the portfolios of all of our seven, eight million federal employees and members of our uniform military. When I discovered this, we took on a national campaign to stop it. It took us all the way to March, 2022 to get to President Trump the urgency of this matter, the national emergency here, and to step in and stop it, which he did two weeks before it went live. So it didn't happen, just in the nick of time. And not only that, the president went on to issue an executive order that said that these Chinese military companies should be out of the investment portfolios of the, of the American people, and they should be put on a list and they should be not denied access to our capital markets. This was the first time we'd ever had commercial, uh, capital market sanctions in the history of our country. Just imagine, the first time we ever tried to defend our markets from their sweeping up trillions of our dollars uh, for their nefarious means and purposes uh, in the history of the United States. And this, we had to wait till 2020, right? Well, here we are two years later, we made another discovery. You know, Wall Street was so upset by this notion that the US government was going to deny access to Chinese companies when they're marketing them and putting them, allocating them as it were, into all of these investment products for unwitting Americans. And so they were very nervous about the fact that the government intervened to say no Chinese for federal employees. And they, they worked on it assiduously over these last two years, and they've come back. They have secreted 35 Chinese companies back into the International Fund of the Thrift Savings Plan as we sit here today. And they've announced a mutual fund window initiative. What's that? Well, that's where TSP members, that seven or eight million American federal employees, can invest up to 25% of their savings in 
a list of mutual funds that they're providing that's 5,000 deep. But there's only one kicker. They refuse to perform any diligence or screening as to the Chinese companies in those 5,000 funds. We looked at 10 of those funds just now and found out that none of them have less than 45 bad actual bad actors, not, not the hundreds that are there. I'm talking about bad guys, 45 average, BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, Fidelity, all the names you know well and trust, or at least until tonight. So the long and short of it is that they, they have in mind and have gone live on June 1st of this year, making available these mutual funds, but they stated publicly, if you could believe it, that they, and proudly, that they were not going to perform any diligence or screening. They didn't have the resources or money to do so, and that the American people should have a choice and that they're on their own. Well, at least you, you think there could be some disclosure. At least you think that you could read somewhere that this company has been sanctioned by the United States. But no, that doesn't exist. No disclosure, no transparency, no good corporate governance, no risk management. I mean, complete fiduciary malfeasance, a complete breakdown in what you would expect in terms of an average investor trying to be protected by your regulators, we, they, the SEC, by Treasury, and by the National Economic Council. All of them are in this game and supportive of what, what Wall Street's trying to do. Because Wall Street has cleverly figured out that if they can compromise the federal thrift savings plan the way they are, and if they can make sure that our uniform men and women are holding Chinese companies in their investment portfolios, that gives them a green light to triple the sum, as Larry Fink and BlackRock have called for, they called for publicly a tripling of the American people's exposure to China. After all we know about China, 82% of us believe that they are our foremost enemy. And thank goodness that number is way up. And so we've broken the code on China the way we did on the Soviet Union. After all, we're talking about a fascist police state, let's be clear. Uh, these are, I mean, Putin has nothing on President Xi and the Chinese communists. So we're talking about the same kind of event as those horrific images that are of carnage that are flowing out of Ukraine. And, uh, and so we are now embarked on a campaign that's entitled No TSP for CCP. No federal thrift savings plan money for the Chinese Communist Party. And a number of our groups, including Faith and her team, are involved in this. We're working on it on a weekly basis. We're getting funding. There's going to be national advertisements, 30-second 30 30 ads across America, starting to explain what I'm telling you now. Because again, if we have Chinese companies with our uniformed men and women and the Joint Chiefs of Staff and everybody who we entrust our security with, including CIA, DIA, all of these folks, just imagine what that means uh, for the green light that that sends to Wall Street to keep our money in these nefarious entities. So I just wanted to take this time and wrap it here and uh, see if you have any questions. But the long and short of it is, from now on, not only do we have to pay attention to the money, but to understand that we are the principal underwriters of the Chinese Communist Party. That we are the ones that are picking up the tab for that massive military buildup underway and the threats to Taiwan that it poses that could make Ukraine look like the good old days, right? It's, and not to mention the ICBMs targeting our families. Now the notion 
that our government is letting average Americans unknowingly finance this kind of activity is scandalous and it has to be stopped. And so in the Q's and A's, we might wanna talk about this, but one good place to start is for each of us to go to our fund manager, our stockbroker, our pension system administrator, whoever handles our money and say, hey, I want you to show me the names of every Chinese company I'm holding in my investment portfolio or my retirement account. And by the way, don't give me this dodge of just showing me so-called actively managed names. I want to see the passive investment funds. I want to see who's in my mutual fund. I want to see who's in my exchange traded fund. This is where they get you because they assume you'll never ask that question, right? So we can help you with this. It's not going to happen tonight, but working with faith, we can get you the right questions to ask and start with the fact in your own world, you are empowered. This is your money. This is not an abstraction. We're not talking about space-based missile defense here, which is also a good thing, by the way, but that's far away from us. This is our dollars, hard-earned dollars. We have a right to say, hell no, no chance, because you want to talk about God's mission. We are financing the undermining of that mission. And we don't even know it. And when we can't, when you, it's hard to imagine that you could see a kind of entente, a kind of alliance between the CCP, Wall Street, and conflicted regulators at Treasury, the SEC, and the National Economic Council. That's a very sad state of affairs. And I regret to tell you that I've been in this business a long time. I'm a former international banker, vice president with Chase Manhattan. In other words, I am a Wall Street guy. I'm not just looking from this from afar. This is my world. And I'm telling you that it plays out just as I'm saying. So why don't I leave it there and we can see if there are any questions. Well, there certainly are. I suppose what Faith said to me initially that still got my attention <clears throat> was that people in the military with their precious pension dollars are being innocently led into investment strategies which are financing the weapons that are going to kill the people who have the pension strategies in the military. Yes. That was what sickened my heart when I, when I heard that. Now, people are going to want a lot more information about you and how to follow up and what to do. So can we start with, do you have a website and printed materials that you have uh, on this that people can go to? Yes. The best one is I work closely with a group by the name of the Coalition for a Prosperous America. And I can get you that. Uh, I, I think it's that.org. But Faith can get to you on that exact website and contact point. There's a gal named Robbie Smith Saunders, who is terrific on this, but there is a China project. And that China project of the Coalition for a Prosperous America is so exclusively dedicated to this capital markets crisis. And I have been leading that effort uh, for about 15, 16 months now. And there is a wealth of data. Another place to go is the Committee on the Present Danger China. Uh, Sehun is part of that operation, uh, along with the Center for Security Policy that hosts the committee. And they have a tremendous uh, amount of information on this as well. That's a committee on the present danger, China. I'll ask Faith if she could also provide that. But between those two, I think you'll have a, ver a wealth of information and also uh, a kind of how-to in terms of ways in which we can respond, including going after our congressmen and senators, who's also their money's in the federal thrift savings plan and saying, why are you okay with this? Are you okay with this? I mean, if you're okay with this, I wanna know 
for the next election. You know, if this is okay with you, then it's not okay with me. That's a real problem right there. Because again, you know, whether it's egregious human rights abuses or national security violations, you know, that we have no business being in that business. When you speak about the Chinese buying continents, where, where, where are they building ports and all kinds of infrastructure for countries? But I want to make sure all our listeners know what you mean, what China is doing over the entire globe in almost particularly poorer countries. But when you talk about buying countries or buying a continent, explain what you mean by that. Well, we have, a, we have a software tool that my firm developed that was just purchased by another company. And that, that, da- that database, that software tool has been tracking every, ch- every transaction of China and Russia worldwide for the past 11 years every day. And that can all be visualized. So every transaction has a blue dot and you click on it and it explains everything about that project or that undertaking. If you just look at the visual, let's take Africa. You see a solid swath of blue through the West Coast and East Coast of Africa that's solid Chinese transactions. So you can see it when you're actually tracking hard deals, when you're following the money, when you're following what are they doing you know, on the ground. And these visuals are telling the story and they buy, of course, the politicians, they bribe or compromise the heads of industry, which is pretty easy to do in the, the developing world, depending on where you are. They're always going for the Bolivias and the Belaruses and African states and others that are less advantaged. They're, they're big in Latin America, for example, and elsewhere. Anywhere that they see a soft underbelly, and even in the developing world, they do so on a more sophisticated basis. I mean, Britain just had to cancel nuclear reactors that were gonna be, were gonna be produced by the Chinese. Uh, Prime Minister Cameron of the UK called it a golden era, a new golden era with China when he gave them the nuclear industry of the United Kingdom. So let's understand that this isn't confined to less developed countries around the world that are impoverished or in one state of vulnerability or another. No, no, no. They, you can dial either way, all the way up until you see the United States allowing China to purchase companies that it should be unconscionable to be giving them access to. The same with the Germans, the French, et cetera. So these guys, special they're predators and they have unlimited money and they don't care about commercial terms and conditions. They don't care about fair competition. They'll pay whatever it takes to get that particular technology, to get that particular beachhead. And that's why these guys are so dangerous and insidious. Why wouldn't it be apparent to Wall Street executives to think that what created the Wall Street advantages of their business is the free market of this country. And here they are investing in the destruction of a country that has a free market, which would give give the power of the world to a country that is clearly totalitarian authoritarianism. Why wouldn't that be obvious to any Wall Street broker to think the way I have just outlined it? And the reason is they're more interested in next quarter's bonus. There's an, for those French speakers, there's an appuiement le déluge. After me, the déluge. I don't care. So long as I get that second yacht for my Hamptons place outside of New York, you know, these luxury uh, villas of theirs. In other words, it's greed. And it's somebody, they think it's somebody else's problem. You know, I I shouldn't have to worry about national security. If it's legal, I'm going to do it. If it's illegal, I won't. 
But if you're asking me to have a conscience, you're asking me to have a shred of patriotism, to have a shred of dignity on what's right and wrong morally. Oh, no, 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 no. No, that's somebody else's job. You know, my job is to maximize profits for myself and my clients. But they have children and grandchildren. Do they not think multi-generationally? My answer to that is no. Mm -hmm. And as unbelievable as it sounds, try it out as I have for decades. And I hope you have better luck than me. Because the answer is no. You have painted a, a spectacular uh, graphic for us from the 35,000 feet level. Now, <clears throat> drop it down all the way to the ground. And here is uh, Mr. and Mrs. John Smith. They live in Peoria, Illinois. And they meet with someone to manage their pension fund. And they decide to buy a Fidelity mutual fund. Now, walk me through, connect the dots for me like this was a 60 minutes broadcast, connect the dots, establish the guilt and get it all the way to China and then at Harvard at a ground level operation. Well, the first thing that, that <laughs> you're not going to get an answer to from Fidelity is to get a list of the Chinese companies that are in their mutual fund because they don't know. And if they do know, they're not intent on sharing it with you. And if they do share with you, they'll share a small sampling of Chinese names, but they're not gonna to go to the time and expense to figure out the two or 300 Chinese companies in that mutual fund. Further, they have no idea which of those companies is sanctioned by the United States, which have committed human rights abuses, which have been in violation of our national security, which are tied directly to the People's Liberation Army? They can't answer one of those questions because they've done zero diligence. There are services that they could buy that they could in be informed by. It's not as though this, the information's not out there. I have the data. I mean, we do, I did this for a living. And so, but you know, you don't have buyers on Wall Street, nobody was interested because you know why? It's guilty knowledge. As soon as they know for, as a fiduciary that they're holding US sanctioned companies, that turns into some legal liability. So let's start there. And you can't get an answer to the first round of questions, but that doesn't, shouldn't deter you from asking. You should. As far as how to get into Fidelity, they made a decision uh, to when they structured the mutual fund or the exchange traded fund to basically buy an index from MSCI, whether it's all country world or emerging markets. They went to FTSE Russell. They went to Dow S&P. These index providers are the ones that build the lists. Now they don't do any diligence either. So they pick up hundreds of Chinese companies directly out of China, the Shenzhen, Shanghai, Beijing exchanges and just put them on the list. And then the asset managers, the vanguards, the Black Rocks come along, they take that list and they build an investment product that you, that you, that you see, you know, the Black Rock Emerging Market Fund. They give it a nice name and there it is. You buy into that or they, so your fund manager just puts you into that. They don't ask you. You know, this is part of their, quote, management, right? So they manage your money, supposedly. So they put it in there. And all of a sudden, you're holding 45 Chinese corporate bad actors. Like that, instantly. Now, how many, you know, listen to this. If you ask the Securities and Exchange Commission how many Chinese companies are in the American markets today, they'll tell you about 270 which are those listed on the New York Stock Exchange and NASDAQ. You know what they don't tell you? <clears throat> the 900 in the over-the-counter market, which are traded. And further, so-called A-shares. These, 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 the ones I just described, which are out of the, the mainland China exchanges are brought right into, with no 
with no regulatory oversight whatsoever, are brought into the indexes and then into the investment products. You know what that swells that number to? Not 270, 5,200 Chinese companies are in the portfolios of the American people today. And you can't get that number anywhere else but on this little broadcast tonight. Now, do I, am I guessing? Oh, no, no, no. I know exactly what investment products those 5,200 are in. I mean, we've done the research, as they say. The, the, the beauty about finance is this is not a guessing game. This is numbers and empirical facts, right? So uh, I tried to, in a sense, give you that forensic tour that you were asking for to get you back to understand how does this happen and what can we as average American investors do about it? But it starts with, I guess, taking your fund manager or your pension system administrator to task and say, look, I'm as mad as hell and I'm just not, I'm just not going to take this. And if you can't give me the answers I'm looking for, I'm going to move my money to somebody that can. And that's the beginning of a grassroots movement, not to mention going to your senator or your congressman, as I mentioned, and basically saying to them, what are you doing about this? Because again, it, money kills. Look at, look at Ukraine. You know, that billion dollars a day that Europe is giving Putin's war machine to pay for imports of Russian gas, oil, and coal, a billion a day, that's what's killing those Ukrainian civilians. You know, and everybody now knows it. Well, what's the difference between money kills there and what we're talking about now? So we've got to take a new look at what do we mean by money? What do we mean by trillions of dollars of funds under management? And this is what it means. This is the dark side. I guess uh, going on further with my illustration, just to see if <clears throat> I'm tracking with you. We're talking on the ground now. Mr. and Mrs. John Smith are with their uh, portfolio manager in Peoria, Illinois. They buy mutual funds from Fidelity. There's a bunch of Chinese country companies in that. One of them is building projectile missiles in, in China. China sells those to Putin. Putin fires that into a maternity hospital and kills 100 children. And Mr. and Mrs. John Smith in Peoria just funded the murder of 100 children. Do I have it right? Yes. And we're lucky if it's not a submarine-launched ballistic missile fired at a major American city. And then that brings it home even more. Uh, what can people do... They can, they can demand to know if, if their funds are clean, which is not easy to find out. You've already indicated. You have to pound the table pretty hard, apparently, to get your, if he even knows or she knows, to get them to answer and, and then try to find clean funds somehow. There are those who do specialize in clean funds. Yes. That's a good place to start. But beyond that, what can be done in a legislative arena in contacting members of Congress on this, or are we, is that just not that effective right now? No, you can, and we will. I mean, we're going to succeed, believe it or not. I mean, Marco Rubio, Tom Cotton, um, Tommy Tuberville on the Senate side. Um, I mean, even some of the Democrats like Van, uh, uh, Van Holland and, uh, Gene Shaheen of New Hampshire, they've all signed on to one time or another trying to keep the TSP free of Chinese companies, for example. Rubio takes the view, I think, that the Chinese should be out of the TSP and has introduced legislation to do that. In fact, that no sanctioned Chinese company by law should be permitted to be in a mutual fund or an exchange traded fund or any fund of the American people. No American should be permitted to be holding 
the securities, stocks or bonds, of Chinese companies that have been sanctioned by the United States for, uh, for human rights and national security violations. That's a no-brainer. There should be no Chinese in the federal employee thrift savings plan, period. Whether they're sanctioned or not, you can't have them there because they're controlled by the Chinese Communist Party. Over time, I'm persuaded that we can get legislation that says, because of what you've just illustrated, that we cannot trust our money in the hands of these genocidal murderers in China or Russia, and it should be prohibited by law. And then when Wall Street says, well, hell, if you don't pass a law, you know, I'm not gonna be deterred. Okay, we will pass a law and we'll put you out of business with this. And that's where we are. That's what we should do. Are you and people like you accused of being xenophobic by virtue of taking this position? Well, I've been called, uh, yeah, I guess there's a concern that I've been part of the anti-Asian American backlash that's caused, you know, some incidents on the streets and again, Asian Americans that have, were attacked for that period of time. There was some talk, th thought that I was fueling a bias against Chinese. Well, you know, I have no problem with folks that are from Ch of Chinese origin or the Chinese even people themselves. What I care about is the Chinese Communist Party mm -hmm. and the leadership there. And that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're, not we're not being discriminatory here. We're not going at I mean, you know, pretty soon I'll be charged with racism, right? I mean, that's what's next probably. But it's just because they don't like the message. And you got, you're up against $60 trillion of funds under management that want you to go away if you're me. And, and you speak as a man who was the, did you say vice president of Chase? I was the vice president of Chase in the international department. And I, you know, you'd be surprised to know that once upon a time, I was in charge of the Soviet Union, Central and Eastern Europe and Yugoslavia for five years and saw the fraud, you know, close in and dedicated the rest of my life to the freedom business. Wow. That's the National Security Council and everything I've done since. Mario, what questions do you have for Roger? Yes, uh, thank you so much, Roger. Uh, no, number one, um, do you know Kevin Freeman uh, from Economic War Room? He's putting together a group of many. They want to ultimately have over a trillion dollars. His trading of financial advisors in a security-minded direction. Kevin's trying to do this educational work. Have you brought to him this China piece in terms of investments? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, I've been on uh, his economic war. Room. Excellent. Excellent. And if you look at the, if you go back over time, uh, take a look at those tapes. Um, I think you may have already answered this. You mentioned that Larry Finch, BlackRock, want to triple Chinese investments. Right. So purely economic. They believe that this is a good economic move and they don't care about the consequence. That's the bottom line of the why. That's correct. Um, now, uh, BlackRock and a lot of these corporations that are going woke have an ES, the new ESG thing. Uh, China is completely contrary to everything on ESG. How do they, they don't care? They don't care. Because if you notice what's missing from ESG, do you see human rights? And do you see national security? No. They're not even good on investor protection, but they're miserable on, I mean, they don't want to know about national security or human rights. And just imagine, it's just a, it's a, it's a deliberate blind spot because it hurts fees. Um, you said that China buys nations. Um, how much of the Democratic Party, the congressman, I know Biden is compromised, and even the Republican Party may be bought off from China. Look, it's um, we know what a major problem it is. Look at the academics. 
Look at those that are in the research arenas. Look at those that are national laboratories. You know, folks, unfortunately, of that lack character are for sale. And China, you know, for them, this is chump change, largely bankrolled by us. So they have that fat checkbook provided with US investor dollars to go buy these people. And uh, they'll, they'll give them salaries and bonuses that you know equal maybe two or three times uh, their annual normal salary. And then that tells the story. So it's a, it's a big problem. Do you, do you know how much of a problem within the Republican Congress? I found it curious when I've received commitments of action only to see when it comes time for a vote on a bill for those Republicans even to head for the tall grass and not to perform on those commitments. Why? Because I've been told later by their staffs that BlackRock, Vanguard, you know, some in their districts, Wall Street basically said, you won't see another dime from me. Us. Um, the, um, their focus, I know it's, it's a little off topic on uh, getting off the petrodollar into the yang. Can you comment on that? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the yuan's not going anywhere in comparison to the US dollar. Uh, we settle about 95, 96% of the $5 trillion in transactions every day on this planet in dollars. The yuan's about 1%. Uh, <clears throat> it's a non-convertible currency, just like the ruble. Non-convertible. So you're talking about trying to substitute for the dollar? Where did everybody head when Ukraine blew up to the dollar? The point is we are unchallenged, the world's reserve currency, and those crumbs in China have no hope of knocking that dollar off of its pedestal for our children's 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 children, as Ronald Reagan would say. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Back to you, Jim. Ned, what questions do you want to ask? Or Faith, what questions should I have asked but I didn't ask? Ned, I'll go to you first. Ned, sure. you want to jump in? I, I, I would like to. Roger, thank you, sir, for uh, your contribution tonight. It's been very fascinating and eye-opening. My, my question is this, sir. Um, you've explained how the motivation of the, the Wall Street movers and shakers is simply profit. They could kind of care less about national security. Um, their motive is, is greed. Um, obviously, none of this happens without the okay of government. Uh, it seems obvious on face that a more militarily powerful China, um, a more financial, let me say a financially uh, a financially influential and globally dominant China is bad news and undermining for America. Uh, I don't know if you have an opinion on this or have thought about it a whole lot, probably so, but what is the end goal of the U.S. government official candidate or party that is actively participating in the undermining of this nation through the empowering of China and their agenda abroad? What kind of world do they foresee and what is America's place in that world? You know, I think that a lot of it is explained by the fact that a number of policymakers, particularly in the security community, are not comfortable with the subject of global finance. They're not used to dealing with securities, stocks and bonds. They don't really understand the lingo and the mechanisms of Wall Street. They don't know really what an index you know, provider is and exchange traded funds. And in other words, and, and not to mention A shares and variable interest entities, it's a whole nomenclature as you know. And Wall Street lives off of the fact that it's too seemingly inscrutable to get your arms around. And that it's a skill mix problem that we've had. I came from Wall Street and I was national security. But in my lifetime, I've met less than 10 people that have that skill mix. And so it's not a, it's, it's unusual because 
the Wall Street types don't care about national security and the national security types don't feel well enough versed in global finance to take this to the media with confidence and so forth. So that's the part of the root of the problem. They, the other thing is that, you know, Wall Street money, as we talked about, uh, speaks loudly. And uh, the, the, the Biden administration, for example, they have a list called the NSCMIC list. It's Chinese military industrial companies list. You know how many companies they have on there that you can invest in uh, after a one year period, grace period? 59. So out of the 5,200 Chinese companies that I just mentioned in our markets, they have a list of 59. You know how much, uh, when the last time they added a company was? One year ago, right? That list should be 1,600, 2,400, you know, it's 59. Uh, so, you know, for example, one, one other quick example, we have something called in the Commerce Department, something called the Entity List. It's otherwise known as the Blacklist. If you're on that list, and there are 490 Chinese companies on that list, right? They have engaged in egregious national security and human rights violations. And as a result, they are no longer allowed to purchase American equipment and technology, period. They're out. No equipment, no technology. That's a serious sanction. Of that list of 490, how many of those do you think ended up on the do not invest list over here with the Treasury Department? 13. So here's 490 companies. Again, they can't buy American equipment and technology because they're such bad guys. And all of them, except 13, can raise money with impunity from average Americans to finance their predatory activities around the world. Now, those are empirical facts. You know, this isn't me looking for hype. This isn't me, you know, banging the drum, trying to convince you of something. I'm giving you facts, numbers, and that's all there is to it. And that's the way we're going to continue to do business. And that's why we're going to win. Because these facts politically cannot withstand the light of day. You know, the American people are not going to permit this with their money. As soon as they find out, I mean, if we had the entire nation on this broadcast right now, this would change tomorrow. Because they're as mad as hell and they will not take it anymore in my opinion. We have a great country. You know, we work hard for our freedoms. We know freedom's not free. And we are not going to spend our money underwriting the total destruction of our way of life and our families and our faith and all that we hold dear. We're not going to do it. Not the America I know. So a follow-up question to that, if that's okay. Um, in, in, in your opinion, the, so the governmental, uh, peoples who allow this to continue in, in your opinion, is this simply a case of, of, of broad incompetency or is there any malice towards this nation that, uh, they are, that, that, that they have in which they are purposefully undermining the purposes and strength of this country through the mechanism of China? That's a good question. Um, there's yeah, Honestly, I'm scared a little more if it's incompetence than, than if it's they're actually plotting. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's, um, it's certainly incompetence. It, it's certainly, uh, it's certainly a matter of they're not believing that this is going to make the difference that I think we all know it would make. Uh, they're, it's almost like they're libertarians. They're thinking about, gee, if we have too many restrictions in our capital markets and go after the Chinese, those Chinese will do their initial public offering somewhere else 
and we'll lose the fees and we'll lose the business and our capital markets won't be as competitive anymore. And oh, it might even impede the free flow of capital. I mean, they think in terms of the world, they're thinking libertarian ideas about how keeping government out of the private sector is a good thing. And we agree at some level, but not when it comes to no protection for American investors, no protection vis-a-vis -vis our national security, and no ability to stop money flowing to the destruction of human rights. So it's a, it's a cynical game, and, uh, and there is malice in the sense that it's short-term you know, profit motive and believing that it's somebody else's job. And I don't know how you classify that, but it's certainly, uh, I've seen instances where there's only one word to describe what I'm seeing, and that's treason. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, understood, thank you. Faith, what questions should I have asked that I failed to? Oh, I think you did pretty good, Jim. I think everybody did. Um, one thing that uh, I would add, um, Roger and I and Sehun, who is going to be praying tonight, are all part of the Committee on the Present Danger China, which I posted the website for. And there's something people can do on there. We have something called an Align Act, where um, you go to that website and click on it, and it will send your message to your senators, your members of Congress, and to, I think, the, the, the FERTIB, uh, the Federal Retirement Thrift Investment Board people as well, um, and quite a few people with just like one click, and then it also gives you social media um, messages that you can send on Facebook or wherever. So um, that's something people can do where, you know, they can, they can start feeling like they're, they're really doing something because this will get to their members of Congress. Faith uh, said she posted it. We're on a number of uh, social media platforms right now. So this has only been seen by a few. So let me just say what she posted was presentdangerchina.org. If somebody will, uh, who's on Facebook right now, or if you're on any other, any other social media sites, uh, presentdangerchina.org, presentdangerchina.org. <clears throat> and, and, and Faith is your second one here. Uh, the campaign.org. What is that one? I'm sorry. What? Uh, no. Mad uh, as hell. Mad as hell campaign. Oh, it, it's it's hell. referencing the old movie by with George C. Scott Network. <laughs> I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. So that's that's the name of our campaign. You can. I'm happy as heaven. So. <laughs> Right. Okay, um, I, I grew up in a home where I wasn't allowed to say the word hell like that. So mad as goo goo campaign. Apologize. No, it's, oh, a, it's a great website though. The it, it, the the graphic designer is a former Soviet uh, agitprop artist. He he did propaganda art in the Soviet Union before he fled to America. So uh, I I really love his work. Yeah, and another one she posted, just so you'll know, prosperousamerica.org. Yes, that's, uh, that's, the, that's uh, the Coalition for a Prosperous America. And they've got, they've got documents there um, that are kind of one-stop shopping, uh, particularly on this matter of the Federal Retirement Thrift Investment Board. So that's the kind of materials that could be moved around by your membership and your... your uh, all of your faith-based colleagues and um, we just get if we can just get this word out uh, I think the the problem is going to take care of itself because uh, you know Wall Street's going to hear from you and your congressmen and senators are going to hear an ever louder thunder in this country uh, not with my money yeah yeah we so appreciate Roger what you have shared. Uh, Roger, our as we as we close close this part off, just so you'll know, <clears throat> we go into prayer about this. We care deeply about these issues, 
And uh, I'm a, if you'll get ready, to, I'm going to have Ned lead in prayer first. And then when you finish the prayer, uh, Alma, if you'll prepare to sing us a song of worship. And then, uh, then Faith, we're going to jump right into a time of prayer. Faith, if you'll lead in prayer. And then uh, Sehun Kim, if you'll unmute and be prepared to lead in prayer next. And then uh, Terry Bassett. And then Reverend John Bassett, uh, the St. Thomas Anglican Church in Half Moon, New York. He and his wife, uh, Pastor, there. And by the faith who's praying, she's involved in countries all around the world in advocacy programs. Uh, so she knows her way around internationally with great ease. So here's what we're going to do. Ned, lead in prayer. And uh, you've asked some good questions, Ned, so you know how to jump in for the prayer. And then I'm going to go right into worship. And then uh, faith. And then Sehun Kim. And then Terry Bassett and Reverend John Bassett in prayer. And I, I appreciate very much having this chance. I have to step away, but God bless you all. And if I can ever come back and give an update report, I'd be thrilled to do it. And wonderful. Bless you, seriously, this is <clears throat> thank you, Roger. Thank you for coming on. We so appreciate the thoroughness of what you have shared tonight. Very, very helpful. Thank bless you, you my friend. Bless you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Thank you for listening to the WellVersed podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.